Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. My name's Dan Carson, and I'm thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Now, on today's podcast, we're going to be wrapping up a short little series where we've looked at the five signs of a healthy student ministry. We've talked about being gospel-centered, being Bible-centric, being prayer-infused, and being relationship-driven. Today, we're going to look at the last one as we figure out what we need to do and what we need to be about in our student ministry. We're going to be looking at being church-integrated. You know, a place that I love, that I care about very deeply, is our podcast partner, Central Baptist College of Conway. And I want to thank them for supporting us and helping us. Each year, they have served as the place where we've had our student ministry workers retreat. And they're going to be doing that again. September the 16th of this year, 2023, we're going to be having our annual student ministry workers retreat. We've got Timothy McKnight will be coming in. He's our primary speaker. We'll be having breakout groups, all sorts of fun stuff. But it's all made possible because Central Baptist College gives us a great place for us to meet. And so I'd encourage you to, to register for that event. This is a, a great time to do that. It's not that expensive. But our partnership with CBC makes that happen. CBC is a place that you need to check out if you have students who are interested in a Christ-focused education. Have them go to cbc.edu. That's a place where they're going to learn about their relationship with Christ as they study all the different things that are in their lives. I'm a graduate. My daughter's a student. My wife's a graduate. We're, we're again, big fans of the school. But I would encourage you to have them check it out. Get in touch with the admissions team. They'd love to show your student around. Maybe you could take them. That'd be a great way for you to show them all about the school. But one of the things that we need to do as student ministry workers is to speak into our students' future. Encourage them to learn more about God's Word, to grow in it, to be better ready to face this world that they're in. CBC is a place where they can make that preparation. So again, have them check it out at cbc.edu. Well, as I mentioned before, we are going to finish up our series on signs of a healthy student ministry. There's been a lot of things that we've talked about. We've talked about being gospel-centered, this idea of really having the gospel message at the heartbeat of our student ministry so that people know that Jesus, he's the one who saves. The second thing is being Bible-centric, that that is our textbook that we are teaching from, that we're learning from, and that we are able to share with our students and let them know that this is the rule book for life. This is where we find God's voice to us. So Bible-centric was that sec second thing. The third thing was being about prayer and making sure that our student ministry is prayer-infused. We need to take that time. We need to pray. 
In a lot of ways, this should be the first thing that you're praying for your students, praying for your ministry, connecting with God and showing humility in your own life, realizing that you can't do it on your own, that you need God's help. And then we talked about being relationship-driven. The heartbeat of most of our ministries is relationship. Students don't come because you're the world's greatest speaker. They don't come because of all the, the bells and whistles. They come because they find connection. And that's what we want to highlight and encourage and we want to look for in our student ministry. So those are the first four things that we talked about. And today we want to talk about the last one, one that is incredibly important, this idea of being church integrated. Too often we think of our student ministry as some separate entity. It sits over here on the side that we funnel students into it, and on occasion they'll trickle into our church. But for the most part, it's just here. Uh, if we've got a student who walks in the door of the church, hey, you need to check out our student ministry. It's great. So go over there. That's not what God wants. God wants us to be fully integrated into the church. He wants our students to be integrated to the church because student ministry is simply an auxiliary of the church's ministry. Now, auxiliary is kind of an old word. Um, in our circles, um, BMA, Baptist Missionary Association, of America, we had things like Galilean, Sunbeams, and GMAs. Southern Baptist had RAs, GAs, and a few things like that. But Brotherhood, WMAs, all of these things simply serve as auxiliaries of the church. They're organizations that are there for the support of the local church. So it's important to realize that that's what student ministry is all about. It helps the ministry of the church. It helps students grow in a way that they can be more integrated with God's work, and God works through the church. In Hebrews 10, verses 24 through 25, we find a reason to stress this point. There it says, and let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Our students need to be stirred up to good works by the body and not just the student ministry worker. It is incredibly important that we take time, that we take time to make sure that our students are integrated into our church. Now, I know you may already be wanting to push back on this, and I understand that because there have been a lot of times in my ministry, almost 30 years or around 30 years now, maybe a little bit more, um, during this time that I've had students that have just showed up on a Wednesday night and I could never get them there on a Sunday. That's not ideal. But you know what? Their parents may not be in church. Their neighbors may be the one who brings them or a friend. They come with a friend or maybe they got involved in a kid's program early on and, and their family is not integrated into the church. And that's, again, not ideal. But it is the reality we have to be intentional in this process. If we want to point our students towards church involvement, being involved in the church and realizing that our student ministry is just simply an auxiliary of that church's ministry, then we need to work on it, encourage those students. One of the churches that I served at, her parents were involved in the ministry uh, at another church, and and they, she just couldn't come on a Sunday. She loved the church she was at, but to honor her parents, she couldn't make that transition. But she realized she needed to join 
and be involved. And so what she did was she joined on a Sunday night. And this is a church where we had a Sunday night, a Sunday morning, Wednesday night services. And she was still attending with her parents on Sunday morning, but she was fully integrated into our church. And we didn't want to pull that family apart. That wasn't our intention at all. Our goal, our hope was that she would feel a part of the body. And that's what you want. You want your students to feel like, hey, this is home. This is my church family. So that when they go off to college, that they look for something similar. They're looking for a a faith, a faith family. And that's what they want. That's what we all want. That's what we need. God calls us to that. And so we have to work on it. We have to work on helping our students to move beyond just Wednesday night attendance or Sunday night or whenever you have your student ministry night and going on the trips and going to camps and going to conferences and all the fun stuff, but to be involved with the body because there's so much that they can learn in the process. It's a very valuable thing for our students to see someone who is their parents' age, even if it's not their parents or their grandparents' age, or their great-grandparents' age, worshiping, praising God on a Sunday morning, reading the Word, praying, spending time engaged with worship. It's one of the reasons that our church, we, we find that example so important that on our fifth Sunday, the fifth Sunday of the month, there's four of them every year, uh, we take a moment and we say, okay, our children's worship is not going to meet. And so those preschoolers and kindergartners and first graders, they all come and they worship with their family the entirety of the service, not to get them ready for big church, but so that they can see their parents lift high the name of Jesus and to celebrate him. So it is just important that we realize that whether it's children's ministry or student ministry, God is calling us to be church integrated. And it's especially important with our students because they're about to make a leap. They're about to leave homes for some of them to go off to college. They need to realize that church, our faith, involvement in the community of faith is not just the fun and games and and bright lights of of maybe your student ministry, but it's the, the day in, day out, encouraging one another, loving one another, helping one another that you find in a fully integrated intergenerational congregation. So let me encourage you to to make that a priority because that is one of the signs of a healthy student ministry, one that's going to last well beyond just a couple of years, but that's going to last for many years. You know, I've seen in some small churches, you've got a small youth group. I mean, maybe they have five to 10 students, but they're always there. I mean, you you see them on the, the student ministry group when they study the word. You see them on Sundays. They're always there. Some of them age out, but then those younger ones come in. and It never grows real big, but it never disappears either. And that happens because they're integrated into the body of Christ. So how do we create a culture in our churches, in our youth group? How do we create this idea that our students need to be integrated into the entirety of the body? It isn't an easy process, especially if this is a major shift for your church, because I I do know of churches and hear of churches where the students are simply pushed away and said, hey, you go over there, student ministry worker, you take care of the students. They're noisy, they're loud, they're weird. We don't want them. You know what? I want them. Send them my way. (laughs) Send them to to Calvary Baptist Church in Fayetteville. I, I care about them, and I want to see them worshiping, even if they don't understand, if they're asking questions, if they're 
being weird, quote unquote. I think that it's it's really important. And so how do we create this environment? Well, I've got three things for us. And then we're going to wrap up. Wrap up the series on signs of a healthy student ministry. We'll be back next week with, hopefully, with Chris Vines. He's back from vacation. Had some internet troubles today. This weird ice storm that's in Arkansas has been been hard on all of us. Um, I think he got a lot of extra rain, freezing rain down his way. Um, but we'll be back with, with something new in the days ahead. In fact, we're almost at episode 150, and I think we've got something special planned for that. So how do we create this culture in our churches, this inner generational, this church-integrated mindset? Well, number one, get your people praying for your students. Now, I know you're probably thinking, wait a minute, Dan, you have mentioned being prayer-infused, and that was all about prayer. You mentioned relationship-driven, and you said pray for your students, and here you are, church-integrated, talk about get your people praying for your students. That's because it's important. (laughs) It is vital for our student ministries that we are praying for our students, not just us, but the people of your congregation. Enlist older people. Enlist moms and dads and grandparents. Enlist widows and all of the folks that are in your congregation to be praying for not just the ministry as a whole, but for them individually. Prayer should be our starting point in all that we do for the Father. It's not a last resort. It's the beginning step. So enlist your church body to pray for your students by name. Speak with the prayer warriors in your congregation. Speak to the adult Sunday school classes and give them the names and grade level of your students. Put their faces in front of your congregation and pray. Now, if you're in a smaller church like I am, it is important that you pray for those students. And it's easier because you see these students. And and maybe if you have a siloed ministry right now and your student ministry meets over here on the other side and, and you don't see them as much, print out something that has their picture on it <laughs> so that they can look at and say, I'm going to pray for this person at this time. Be involved with that. That's something I have neglected to do way too often in my ministry. But I want to encourage you to do that. Make it a priority. Get your church, get your people praying for your students. The second thing is this. Get your people to be present in your students' lives. Now, it's easy to think, I have done the school program thing. You know, I've, I've gone through it. I look at my own life. My children are now adults. They, I have one in college and one is married. And so I don't have to worry about going to a school program again until, let's see, until I start having a grandchild in kindergarten. That's just not the case. That's not what we need to do. It's important for our students. And it means the world to our students when people show up for their events. Just think of the impact that it'll have if a church member shows up for them. I love seeing these silly little videos, and I'm sure you've seen one online where these kids are all standing on stage, and you've got this one little kid, his head's kind of down, he's kind of glancing out in the the audience and, and looking around, and all of a sudden his eyes lock, he sees mom and dad, and there's a big wave and a big, big smile. Well, you may not get the big wave, you may not get the big smile with a student, with a teenager, but you know what? It is a huge thing for them to look out into an audience and to see someone who came there just for them. 
Now, the student may not admit they enjoyed it, but you'll be making a long-term investment in their life. They just need to know that you're there for them. It's all about being church integrated, encouraging one another, loving one another, supporting one another. And so take the time. If you can go, go to an event. Spend some time with them. And number three, get your students to participate in a youth Sunday. I know what you're thinking. Man, that is such an old school thought. Why in the world are you talking about it? Well, I'll tell you. A youth Sunday is a way for students to dip their toes in ministry. They may have never have been asked to lead, to help, to teach, to do anything along that line. But here's an opportunity for them to try that in a safe place where people love them. And again, most of the churches that were represented through probably through this podcast have anywhere from 50 to 150 people, maybe less, maybe more. But you're in a place where you could do something like this. You could take some steps. Now, your pastor has to be on board. Don't get me wrong. You can't just push this through. You need to address it with some people. But get your students serving. Your congregation sees them. Your students see how important the congregation is. It's it's a win-win. I just would say give it a try. Now, you may already have some students who are already serving in spots. I know that in my own little congregation here, we have students who serve on our tech team. They are involved with all sorts of things. They love that they get a chance to help and to be involved. I've got other students who help with our children's worship. And they serve once a month. It's just a a powerful thing for our students to have those opportunities early on. So get them involved. And if you can get all of your students doing something at once on one youth Sunday, a special time that highlights them, man, that's even more powerful because your, your congregation sees that. They love that. They want to support. They want to lift high uh, your students and encourage them in ways that they can uh, because all of that. Uh, ultimately celebrates and lifts high the name of Jesus. You know, integration into the church as a whole is an important part of a healthy student ministry. The student ministry cannot simply exist as an outside organization that just happens to be housed at your church building. The mission and vision of the student ministry should align with that of the body. Make sure that you are working with your pastor and prove that alignment all throughout the year. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this short little series as we've talked about five signs of a healthy student ministry. Again, remember, we want to be gospel-centered. We want to be Bible-centric. We want to be prayer-infused. We want to be relationship-driven. And today we've talked about the need to be church-integrated. I'm praying for you as you work with your students. I know it's difficult work. Sometimes it seems impossible But God calls us to be intentional as we work with uh, the young men and women that are in our congregations. So let me encourage you to evaluate where you're at. Look at it. Take a hard look. Sometimes that means change. And in those moments, I would encourage you to embrace that change and move forward as you honor God. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast As we've continued to grow and reach out, I just would say uh, keep listening, keep sharing um, with others. Um, You can leave a review. We always like that. Tell us how you found us. Tell us what it's doing for you um, so that we can make things better. That's really what we want. So 
leave a review, and share with others online about our podcast. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, That's a real easy way to share some of those posts. Uh, But you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, We're out there. You can go directly to our Podbean page, which is studentministrymatters.podbean.com. All sorts of ways to get to us. We have a link tree that is in um, our bio. And so I just encourage you, um, share about the podcast. If you've got a youth pastor friend or a pastor friend um, or just somebody who loves students, have them check out our podcast. Well, keep serving. Keep loving those students because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.